It's in the game. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the In The Game Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Stacks on Stacks on Stacks Lats. And as you can see, I'm uh, I'm with a very, very, very special guest tonight. My guy, Mr. Jason Maples from Temple of Hoop Podcast. How are you doing tonight, bro? I can't complain, man. You got the, the intro music knocking, man. Hey. <laughs> I see it. What's going on with you, though, bro? I'm, I'm good, man. I, I'm good. My my old intro music was much better, but I got I got caught up with the live streaming because uh, it was a copyrighted song, dude. So, you know, I'm not big time yet, so I had to go to get some royalty-free music. <laughs> 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 and that was a that was one that i liked dude i was like all right i could i could deal with this one so you know yeah, that's we'll, smooth that's what she said so we'll do that but yeah man I'm, I'm doing good man the playing games tonight um you know i thought the Cavs were gonna be i mean i thought the nets were gonna beat the shit out of the Cavs. so i was kind of surprised that Cavs actually made it a game at the end the nets kind of uh you know defense was optional there in the final two minutes but <laughs> <laughs> it was interesting it's it's crazy though too because the Nets, Jason, are like the worst team against the spread at home. Like they're awful. They never cover. I know you're not into betting, but it's crazy. I, I, I actually saw somebody tweet that out today. It's insane. I just I don't understand it. I don't understand it. Especially now that Kyrie can play, you would expect them to be much better, right? Um, but before we get into the playing games and, and recapping the playing games, you're a big Lakers fan. You follow this guy on Twitter at JJ Maples 55 <laughs> underscore MST. I mean, this guy's a Twitter god, but man, your your Lakers stuff is good, bro. You're always on top of the Lakers. So I have to ask you like your thoughts on how the Lakers season played out and how you see it kind of unfolding in the offseason. Uh, uh, you know, obviously disappointing whenever you have. LeBron James on your team and you missed the playoffs. It's kind of absurd. He's had the weirdest Laker tenure. Uh, two non-playoff seasons, a bubble championship, and then a first-round exit. It's like been super weird. Yeah. Uh, so that that's the first thing. But you're always disappointed when you don't make the playoffs, a team with the high hopes as the Lakers did. Um, a lot of people were questioning the, the Russell Westbrook condition, and they were proven right ultimately over the course of the season. He just did not fit. Um, and then there's just a lack of self-awareness when you listen to the, the presser and how he explained the season away. So that was disappointing. They just, the Vogel wasn't great, but you know, you know how these things go. The first person to go is the cheapest, <laughs> cheapest employer. Yeah. And that's the coach usually. So that's the first thing to get fixed. Uh, Bro, I was, I was so shocked that Rob Plinka didn't get fired. Like I thought for sure, because you're mentioning like the, the lack of self-awareness. And I feel like the lack of self-awareness really starts at ownership. Because right. I mean, there's, they have all these, like, why do the why does the Bus family bring all these people in? Like, Kurt Ram, like, why is he there for? Like, why is there so many people giving opinions on roster decisions? I mean, the Lakers are run, you know, it's a big brand, you know, but they're running like a mom and pop shop. You know, everything is is in the family. You know, uh, is a member of the family, extended family, you know, through, through the Kobe connection. You know what I mean? So he's always going to have that love there, but. The Lakers gotta gotta start digging deep and get real basketball people around. Like, there's no way, like Kurt Rambis's post career basketball uh, resume is just terrible. <laughs> Everywhere he's gone, you know, fail, failures followed. Uh, 
But because Linda Ramos is one of Jeannie's best friends, he's always tapped in. And even, you know, Palinka for today said, you know, he's going to consult with Kurt and, you know, Jesse and Joey Buss or the next coach. And yep. I'm like, why the hell does Ramos have any say whatsoever in who the next coach is going to be? But it's just, you know, when you locked in at a time with Jeannie, you're going to be in the circle. That's just how the Lakers ha- have always worked. And it is what it is. I mean, since Jerry West has left, it's just been a revolving door of inconsistency. Um, and I just, I'm just disappointed, man. The first thing I got to do is find, I find a, a, a good coach. Uh, I, I'm a big, you know, ham hams or you're a Bucks fan. I, I really want them to try to go push hard for, for Darwin ham. I'm hearing a lot of retreads like Mark Jackson and, uh, you know, Gentry was tossed around there. They're talking about trying to poach nurse. I mean, Nick nurse is, you know, recreating the Spurs in, in Canada, becoming a God up there. I, I don't see him leaving for the, the stress of the Lakers job. Right, Especially right. when, you know, you don't get to pick your own staff. You know, uh, Rambus wants to meddle. You know, I just don't think – I don't think any reputable coach with, you know, a lot of, you know, goodwill built up around the league is going to take that Laker job seriously. It's one of the worst jobs with, with the, when you consider the front office. Yeah. And when everything, anything goes wrong, you're going to get the blame. So, That's I think they got to take a coach who's, you know, it's going to be a retread who's looking for a way back in. Unfortunately – you know, Mark Jackson fits that. Alvin Gentry fits that. Um, you know, I'm sure they'll interview Tibbs if he's out in New York. You know what I mean? Just oh. you know, one of those type of guys. They, they, the Lakers never think out the box. So I'm not expecting one of these, you know, these out-of-the-box hires that we never heard before. It's crazy because you mentioned, like, that it's run like a mom-and-pop shop. And I think the interesting thing is, like, that winning time series is on HBO right now. And it's like, you know, Jerry Buss, Dr. Buss really got out of the way of his people and kind of let them run the business, like the basketball, you know what I mean? I think that it's just crazy to me that the Buss family now doesn't look at back at that, and especially with it being played and is like, okay, why don't we do that? Like, instead, they just compound on what their issues are and like, oh, we are we had too many voices last year. Let's just throw more in this year. Maybe that'll help. Yeah, well, that worked because, like, the, the people doing it, like, it, it, it was – Jerry West just, you know, was a great executive, right? you know, so he, he was already in as a Laker family. And then on top of that, you came into a great coach and, and Pat Riley, you know what I mean? So you kind of, you know, lucked your way in. You, you didn't, you didn't have a, you didn't have a, a reason to get in the way. You know, those were two guys are great at their jobs, but like I said, man, uh, step one, they said they want to have a coach before the draft. That's within the next couple months. Next uh, draft is mid June or late June. They want to have a coach before then. They got to find a coach first, and then they just got to get off Westbrook. You know what I mean? And the big decision, I don't, you know, I understand both sides of it. Is if they're going to attach those picks in the late, you know, 2020s to get off Westbrook, those those are going to be valuable because LeBron's going to be gone. Uh, you see how the Lakers are ran. It's very high probability those picks are going to be at least top 10. Yeah. The Lakers got to decide, are they going to come off those or – you know, hold on to those. I think that'll ultimately be, you know, the, the sticking point with everyone getting off Westbrook. Do you think that, um, like, as far as a coach goes, because I think we're both on the same page that, like, a good coach, like Nick Nurse, I hear Nick Nurse's name getting tossed around. It's like, why would he leave his job exactly. for that job? Even, yeah, you know, even Quinn Snyder, like, he was turned off by how the Lakers handled the, you know what I mean? It's like, the it's just weird, man. Like, Vogel, for all his false people pointed out, he did win a championship there 
Yeah. And ten minutes, ten minutes after his last game, when he's talking about you know how well his young players played the last game of the season, the guys who were caught up, you know, it's on Twitter that he's been fired. It's just the Lakers is is so unprofessional, you know, with how they do things. You know, even yeah. the Sacramento Sacramento Kings waited a day before the Gentry news, you know, got got released. Just give the man some decency, man. He did, you know, was a part of a championship team. Yeah, but the Lakers is just. I don't know what the angle is sometimes with the front office. It's very, it's very weird. They don't, they don't get what's going on. So who do you think? Who's your? I mean, not who you want, because I think who you want is probably unrealistic. But who do you want? Who do you think the Lakers are going to hire? What's your pick? Uh, my pick again, Darvin Ham. That's my pick. Uh, but I just think it'll be you know Mark Jackson. Uh, Alvin Gentry, Tom Thibodeau, like one of those retreads. Obviously, I know the, what the Lakers. They always like you. Either got to be in with the family, or they want somebody with experience. So you know what I mean. So it'll be one somebody who falls under one of those two boxes. You know what I mean. What do you think the realistic? Um, do you think it's realistic that Westbrook is traded? What's more? What's more? Or let me phrase it this way: What's more probable, Anthony Davis getting traded or Russell Westbrook getting traded? Oh, Westbrook. Like I said, people just looking at the play, which is fine, which is not great, obviously. Uh, but I will say that a $47 million expiring contract does have some value in the NBA. Yeah. Uh, if you have a lot of contracts that extend beyond the shit you want to get rid of, uh, Knicks, Hornets, Pacers, uh, you know, it, it's, it's a quick way to get off that and clear your books if that's what you want to do. And, you know, I know the next year is going to be a big tanking year because Victor's going to come out and he's supposed to be one of the most generational prospects, you know, of the decade. So next year's going to be a big tanking year. So Terry's want to share contracts and, you know, possibly John Wall, most of Westbrook, just stay home or we'll buy you out and, you know, just kind of tank for Vic. I, I could definitely see it happening, but it's, it's, you know, $47 million expiring contract has some value in the league where only maybe 10 teams are trying to win for real. And the rest are just trying to save money. I so, feel like, I feel like a lot of teams that we saw it kind of at the trade deadline where they got off a lot of contracts. I, I feel like right. teams see that you need to have cap flexibility now. Like you can't get locked into these contracts because if you, let's say you have an Anthony Davis, like top 10 talent when he's healthy, but when he's healthy is a big right. you know, asterisk and, and you can't afford to not have that guy on the floor for 75% of the time, even more than that, like 80% you basically need him, you know? So I think that like having that cap, cap flexibility, like you said, I think that's huge. I, I'm 100 percent agreement with you about Victor Wembanyama. I, I think that dude is. I mean, he's seven four and he moves like a gazelle, dude. Like it's something I've never seen. He's obviously skinny like a twig, but he'll grow into his body. I was told that on Twitter by some people that that dude wasn't shit, but you know, you know, how Twitter goes. It is what hey, it is. You know, if you gotta. You got to weed out the nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been noticing that. But let's talk about these uh, these playing games, man. So, obviously, tonight we had Nets, Cavs, and then we had T-Wolves and Clippers. Um, the Wolves-Clippers game was much more interesting. The Nets kind of got up big on the Cavs. The Cavs did make an 18-5 to run to make it close. And then, you know, last minute of the game, they were down nine, made it within five. But it was kind of like they were never they never had a chance. They were out of it the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's what's your thoughts on 
on like the Cavs, how their season went, getting into the playing game um, as the eight seed, and let's let's talk a little bit about about, about Brooklyn, dude, because Brooklyn is a big wild card in the in the Eastern Conference playoffs. But first, what's your thoughts on the Cavs, dude? Uh, just a, a great season, regardless, man. You look at all, put everything in perspective. Uh, probably would have got home court if they didn't just get ravaged by injuries, man. Just Allen. Allen was big, man. That, that twin tower defensively was just making them really tough to score against night to night. It was yeah. just winning games. Um, Garland was my personal, you know, MIP, given that, you know, the way they played defense really cramped the floor spacing-wise offensively with what they put out there. For him to navigate that to that efficient of a season, you know, really showed me something. He's a, he's a franchise-level point guard, in my opinion. Um, Bigger staff did a great job. They got something special brewing there. I think the takeaway was that playing game, you know, you got really composed play from your two young kids, you know, Mobley and uh, Garland. So I think that's something you build off of. Uh, They'll have a shot, you know, they'll have another shot against uh, uh, Charlotte or Atlanta. I think I'll probably leave Charlotte to win that game. But, yeah, man, either way, it's a a successful season for Cleveland, man. You got to found – you got – you finally have, I think, your first serious – you know, non LeBron foundation, which is crazy thinking about their history. They have a serious chance to build something special that's not involved with, you know, with LeBron. Seriously, dude, I saw that stat where, like, this was their first winning season without LeBron since, like, 92 or something or 90 something. I was like, Jesus <laughs> Christ, dude. Like, damn, I was a kid back then. Like, that's pretty incredible but yeah man i agreed the uh, the cows were good darius garland is very nice dude i think him and mobley are going to be a great tandem if if okoro can ever come around they could have something um going to be very interesting though uh what was your what's your thoughts on um on brooklyn though and kind of like where they're at moving forward in the in the playoffs they got to face boston in in the first round uh you know next year i'm high on brooklyn next year I think with uh, a motivated Simmons and what they do, I, I'll probably pick them to come out the East next year. Uh, depending, obviously, Giannis is always going to be Giannis is, is the man right now. So we'll see what happens. I'll probably pick Brooklyn next year. But um, uh, they don't scare me this year uh, as much as they are everybody, especially with the matchup they got. They got a red-hot Boston team who's going to defend, has players who have been in multiple playoff series. Uh, I think Marcus Smart is going to defend Kyrie about as well as you can. Kyrie is special, but I think Marcus Smart is probably as good as it gets as far as guarding him. Uh, I just I don't love uh, Brooklyn's defense over the course of a series. Uh, out of respect for KD, uh, I picked Boston in six. I think he's he's KD's not going to get swept or beaten five or win a couple games, but also I just think Boston's a better team top to bottom. If, if Time Lord was playing, I would definitely pick like something like Boston in five, but I'll go Boston in six. I think KD gets them two, especially without Time Lord there. But that Boston team is just they're an underrated contender. I know Time Lord probably you know knocked the like the championship aspirations away from people, but as far as just being legit, you know, contender, they're right there. I just don't think the Nets are just going to throw something together and, and beat them in a series. Like I think playoff basketball is about your cumulative, you know, chemistry playing together, establishing continuity. And yeah. the Nets are just devoid of a lot of that, you know, going to this series. I like, like I said, Kyrie was going supernova. 
12, like 12 or 14 at one point, and it was a six point game with, with three minutes left. You know what I mean? So, yeah, no, nah, I, I agree with that. Um, uh, I don't know. I think Boston's still dangerous even without Robert Williams. I know Robert Williams obviously adds like a, a level of, of rim protection, but Boston, uh, you know, they got Tatum, Jalen Brown, and I, I feel like they've both taken a step this year and they've been. You know, second half of the year. Because, I mean, they defend all the time, right? It was just a matter of, you know, they went through a stretch where, like, no one was passing each other the ball and shit. (laughs) And that's what was really, you know, we we had all that drama where Marcus Smart was saying, like, they don't play team basketball. And then, obviously, around, like, January, things started clicking with them. They made a great trade at the trade deadline. Yeah, for Derek White. White. That was an insanely great trade. And uh, they didn't give up much at all. No, they didn't. Just a first save round pick. Spurs, save the Spurs money. Yeah, no, that was it. That was a good trade, but also helped the Spurs. To be honest, the Spurs were a different team after that trade too. So it freed up Dejounte. Yeah. So I mean, it was a it was a good trade. Um, I'm man, it's tough picking against KD dog <laughs> in the first round. I'm I'm gonna be honest. Like the two teams I didn't want to face as a Bucks fan were Boston and and the Nets. So I'm glad one of them is gonna get knocked out here. Yeah, I just I I got I get it the allure the the KD you know boogeyman you know top three player in the league obviously but I just Boston has a better team and you know Tatum played like a top five player the second half of the season anyway so yeah that's true you know, if you get him and KD to play remotely if he can play KD even remotely to a, a stalemate Boston is the, clearly the better team. It's funny because I did the playoff preview with uh, Sean last year, Sean G. And and uh, he was saying that the Boston Celtics were going to get swept last year by Brooklyn. Obviously, they they won. They did sweep them, right? Did they sweep them last year? Uh, Tatum got him one when he was yeah. They got him one, and I was like, bro, Tatum's going to ball out at least one game, and they're going to they're going to hold this court. Yeah. Now it's going to be opposite. Now it's like, all right, the Brooklyn Nets aren't going to get swept. KD's going to go off for at least one or two games and keep them in it. But you also got Kyrie. I think the other thing that's very interesting in that series, too, is that Kyrie does not play well in Boston, dude. Well, it, it's – they're a good defense on top of it. Marcus Smart is probably the best defensive guard in basketball. So, you know, he's probably the most equipped from a strength and speed-wise to deal with what Kyrie does offensively. So that doesn't surprise me at all, to be honest. But against them at home, he does well. He's not bad. It's, it's when he plays in Boston, he struggles. Man, maybe like Big Baby said, man, he stepped on Lucky's uh Lucky's face, you know. <laughs> hey, karma, man. Uh, all right, let's uh let's move over to the the second Eastern Conference playing game, the Charlotte Hornets and Atlanta Hawks. Right now, first to one thirty. Uh, yeah, I mean that honestly, that might be what it is. What's the over under? Is it two forty? It is. Hold on. Damn, I thought I had it up. I'm pulling it up right now. I'm pulling it up. Over under so Charlotte five point dogs right now. The Lions. Right, what's the over under? What's the score? What's the the over under? It is two thirty six. Yeah, I know. I knew it was close to two forty. But those one twenty one at one twenty each. It was. It was. Uh, yeah, that wouldn't surprise me at all. Yeah, two two thirty six. I just really struggled to get stops, but it's going to be entertaining. Wouldn't be surprised if Lamelo and Trey. Had thirty point triple doubles. 
just because the level of defense is going to be all-star game level of defense is going to be played out there. <laughs> Honestly, so. the last uh, – the two times or three times they've played this season, one of them was high scoring. The other two, 116 to 106 and 113 to 91. Oh, okay. Who won the series? It was Charlotte, 2-1. to one. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think Charlotte's a win. I think Atlanta's playing a little better, and Trey has been out of his mind the last month or so. So, you know, you never know in one game off. But uh, I'm, I'm picking Charlotte. They have a better team. Uh, outside of their main guy, I like Charlotte, you know, better. I know uh, Collins was iffy to play. I saw he tried to practice, and uh, McMillan said, you know, we'll see. So I think he's he's questionable, but I just think outside of their main guy, I, I think Charlotte's a little deeper. But again, uh, in a game where defense is going to be optional, anybody could go off, and you know, so that kind of levels the playing field. So we'll see. But I'm, I'm going to lead Charlotte in that one. Damn, interesting thing here: eighty-three percent of bets right now on the Hawks minus five and a half. Eighty-three percent. Hey. You know, Vegas knows best, baby. No, that's not Vegas. That's people betting it. So well, Vegas, Vegas wants Vegas, them. Vegas to know, how, know how to rope you in. Yeah, they, they, they want. They're go, they're cheering for the Hawks if the, if it ends like this. Uh, not it'll probably if it stays like this, it will probably move over to six six and a half points. In which case, I would take Charlotte. I kind of agree with you in the in the sense that like neither of these teams are really great defensively. Um, you know, the Hawks gave up. Uh, what was it, 112 points a game this year, and Charlotte's scoring 115. Charlotte wasn't even number one offense, by the way, which is kind of crazy. But obviously, that's like where they where they get their um, you know their their specialties. Obviously, offense. So Lamelo right. Ball, you know, they played in the playing game last year and they lost to Indiana. I expect them to be a little bit better this year. However, they are so bad defensively at the rim, dude. Like they cannot. Like I don't know, dude. And I think who was just uh, Charlotte? Yeah, Charlotte. Like they have no like their bigs are so bad, dude. Like they, I mean, it's 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 Plumley and Trez. They're gonna, they're gonna roll Trez out there <laughs> for like thirty minutes, dude, and he's gonna get yeah, caught in pick and rolls. And that's what Trey Young does best, dude. You know what I mean? He like picks apart teams and pick and roll. I honestly, I like Atlanta in this game. I think it, I think this one not, honestly could get nasty. No, I don't think. I mean, Atlanta doesn't defend well enough for it to get. Now, nah, I think it's gonna be a close game regardless, but. I can see either like I can see either team when I'm just picking Charlotte because I, I think they just have more outside of their main guy than uh, Atlanta does. But it wouldn't surprise me with the level of defense being played if somebody just threw up a random, a random, you know, role player threw up a random, you know, 27 point, you know, out Kevin Warder. Right. You know what I mean? So, Man. you know, I, DeAndre Hunter is a good defender, though. But he's like, what the, you say? DeAndre Hunter. He's a good defender, but he's like the only good defender on on Atlanta other than Clint Capella. Yeah, it's tough, man. Nowadays, you just need you need multiple guys, or you know, an excellent you know, rim rim protection, rim defending center. You know, is like the schemes are gonna the schemes are matter more than the individual defense as far as you know the the team's output on that end. That's facts. So, in that regard, when you say Atlanta is better defensively. Uh, I mean, it's by a hair. I, I still think both teams are gonna. I think it's it's gonna be first to one twenty. It's gonna be one twenty ish to. But you never know. You know, playoff games tend to be more slow down and more you know deliberate. So maybe both teams will come out on that. I just those aren't the type of point guards that I don't think Lamelo and Trey are those type of guards though. Like they're gonna get it and they're gonna play 
up and down and play their game. So we'll see. But I, you know, I'm picking Charlotte. I'm, I'm, you know, I could be wrong, but I'm sticking with Charlotte. That could be my Lamelo, uh, my Lamelo fan in me trying to, uh, you know, showing himself. I mean, I love watching Lamelo play. Uh, I just, man, I I just don't see how Atlanta loses this game. To be honest. Don't. I mean, they're. I mean, they're. Plus the, the home court reason. advantage too, bro. I mean, they're in the playing for a reason. Both teams have the same exact That's record, true. so you know we'll see. That's true. No, this will be a. It'll be. It'll be a good game. All right, let's move over to the Western Conference. Um, let's talk about first. We'll talk about the the playing game that's still to be played: the Spurs and Pelicans. Because I know your your second favorite team is the Pelicans. Yes, sir. <laughs> and you got to get off. You got to get this these Ingram takes off. So let's talk about the Pelicans and the Spurs. Right now, the Pelicans are a five-and-a-half-point favorite. They're obviously going to be at home over under in this game, 226 too, Jason. That doesn't surprise me. No? Huh? That doesn't surprise me, the over-under. Uh, oh, wow. So here's why I am with, with this matchup. So. The Spurs have been giving the Pelicans hell over, over the last two years, but uh, the last the last time they won, it was that was CJ's first game as a uh, was CJ's first game as a as Pelican. a Pelican. But the Pelicans, so the Spurs won went two to one. I just think you know with Dejounte being sick and trying to kind of recovering from whatever illness he was, you know you got Ingram, see you got Ingram, CJ, JV, you know. Uh, the Pelicans should should win this game. They should win this game. Yeah. But again, the team has struggles on defense. You never know. You come out struggling. Spurs is close late. Pop knows how to manage a game better than most. Big shot here. Um, a correct, you know, a minor adjustment there, and you find yourself in a dog fight. Lo and behold, season's over. Like it's a one game off. You know, this March Madness of the NBA, March Madness of the NBA, right? Just playing. So. Anything can happen. Yeah, so in a series, I think the Pelicans, but the one game off, the Pelicans should win this game. They are the more talented team. Agreed. They are definitely the more talented team. Um, That that, that should be very interesting. I think the Spurs coming off three losses um, and against three playoff teams, I think that kind of is, uh, you know, some bad momentum. Obviously, DeJounte Murray wasn't playing, so – when he was playing, they were playing really well down the stretch. They won like nine out of ten yeah. at one point. Um, so this this could be very interesting. One thing I've noticed about watching some Spurs games down the stretch because I've bet on them a couple times is that uh, since Zach Collins has gotten more healthy, they've been a lot more. Um, what's the word that I'm trying to find? They've been a lot more dynamic. Um, as a team, because he can do so many different things. Like he could stretch the floor, and he's a Good defensively as a seven footer, you know what I mean. And he's a mo- he's a mobile big who can shoot. Yeah, yeah. I just the thing was I think the thing was that the thing was that Collins was it was never about his play. They it's just could never health. stay on the court, bro. You yep. could never stay on the court. But everybody, you know, has been big on him or as far at least being a, a role player. Yeah, you know what I mean. But he, he he's definitely a, a good rotation center that definitely opens up you know opens up what they do on both ends. I I know you hate this stat, but. He has like the one of the highest PERs in the history of college basketball, if you could believe that. Oh, Gazaga, right? Yeah. Doesn't surprise me. It's crazy. Efficiency you, baby. Dude, it's crazy. But um it it's because he does so many things well, like you said, dude. He like right. he's very um you know, he's good, dude. He's a good player. But 
Man, I, I like the Spurs in this one, Jason. I'm gonna go against you here. This is I think this is gonna be the one game where the road team wins. I mean, like I said, the the for some reason the the Spurs have had the Pelicans number over the last two years. Like it wouldn't it would not, you know, it wouldn't surprise me. But I just think I'm telling you the Pelicans should win this game are the more talented team. Well, they, have the show be- up. they have the best player for sure. I mean, I mean this, you know uh, I don't know. Dejounte was pretty, pretty damn good this year. He was pretty special this year. He almost, people, he, he was he almost averaged a triple double and was super efficient doing it. Yeah, no, and he, he's an and he's an elite defender. So uh, I don't, I won't, I don't know about that. It's close, but as far as two way play, he's probably the best player in, in the game. But I just think you get, you know, fifty points between CJ and, and Bi, another nineteen to twenty from JV. Uh, you know. Uh, a spurt or two from somebody else. And I, I think, you know, you, you outscore the Spurs at the end of the day. But Pop has – the Spurs have had their number this season. It's weird, man. It's weird when you watch those games. There was one big blowout the Pelicans won in, and the other games, the, just, the Spurs just frustrated them to no end. Spurs like, are 8-2 and two in their last 10 against the Pelicans. Yeah, just they just had their number, man. I just – like over the last couple of years watching it, for some reason they just can't. Beat that team no matter who plays, no matter who doesn't play. It just it's it's, it's weird, man. It's got a stranglehold on them. Remember when the Warriors had that problem with the Spurs for so long? It took them like yeah thirty I years remember. to beat them. <laughs> they, lost, they lost for like twenty seven years straight or something. Could be something similar, dude. When you know Pelicans could break out. I think having home court advantage is definitely a big lift for them. Um, so you you expect the Pelicans to win? So you you think Pelicans Clippers uh, to make the eight seed? Who do you see winning that game? Uh, the, the probably the Clippers. You know, I, I've been rooting for the Pelicans, obviously, just to see you know Brandon Ingram playing a play in the playoff series. But I just think uh, the same thing would happen that happened not early. I think the Clippers experience was showing early until Minnesota realized they're the better team. But the Pelicans just not aren't that oiled of a machine yet to to just say that we're better. So they will have to be locked in and execute for a whole game. I think that's just real tough for them at that stage. It's not a it's not a strength, man. There's always a chance that you know CJ could, could have a big game, but the way the Pelicans play, they put they JV is going to play Jonas is going to play thirty minutes regardless, and the Clippers just ate him up their last game. They spread you out, put those shooters out there. He just put you in a high pick and roll and create you know open looks. He just can't move, and I just Willie Green's not going to sit him. You don't think so? Even in a playoff series? Willie Green's not going to sit Jonas. No, he's not. Damn. I mean, Jonas is nice offensively, though. He's he's the same issue as Vucevic for Chicago, which we're going to get to later. Um, Man, I, I agree. I think the Clippers, even if they face the Spurs, I think that the Clippers would win. Although the Spurs, I think, could have a chance, especially if Kawhi, I doubt he ever comes back this playoffs, but... Without him, I definitely think the Spurs have a chance. That could be a very interesting series. Um, the Pelicans, though, I agree with you. I think that this, the Clippers, like, last game, I mean, they beat the shit out of the Pelicans. And the Pelicans, I thought, were actually going to win that game. So I was a little yeah, disappointed. I'll dude. say this. I talked to somebody who covers the team. They were in L.A. for five days. So <laughs> Let your mind go where it will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, when Because I, I was tweeting about that, too. I was like. That's a bad look knowing you might be back here in a week playing for your season. Yeah. And do like hit me on the side, like just so you know they were in LA for five days. So good point. Do with that information what you want. 
That's a good point. That's a good point. And they're a young team too. So right, right. Oh, I just need the Pelicans. They just have a you know, it's a couple reps. You got to know when to sit JV, and you got to stop playing Devonte Graham over Jose Alvarado. Like it's not even close who the better player is, but the minutes between those two are iffy. Just because Devonte as a as a four year deal, yeah, money money talks, but as far as effectiveness, is like it has not been close all season since since Jose started getting real minutes. I think the one thing, though, is in playoffs, so that's when, like, the money doesn't become an issue. It's like, all right, at this point, I, well, I shouldn't say that. Some some coaches are very stubborn in their ways, um, but I feel like they're more lenient on, like, okay, I don't care what this guy's making. Like, if he's not as good as this other guy, I'm going to play him. So, right. Well, well, I mean, obviously, we'll, we'll see how that, how, how that plays out tomorrow, right? Yeah. All right, let's let's uh, go through these Western Conference series. So we kind of already talked about that eight two, Phoenix. Um, I'm sorry, Phoenix against uh, Phoenix would be playing the the Clippers or the Pelicans, or the Spurs, or the Spurs. <laughs> That's uh, uh I like them in five either way. Suns like, team, yeah, I like them in five. The Suns are just that team is on a mission, man. Like they they they're pissed about last year. Uh, on top of that, everybody's playing that. Well, if Anthony Davis didn't get hurt, you would have lost in the first round card. You know, they're, they're determined to show that, that last year's one rather than a fluke. I think they, you know, get whoever they play out of their five. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Phoenix is way too strong. I mean, they were easily the best team over the course of the year. They were right. top five offense, defense. Um, and like you said, dude, they played they played all season like they had a chip on their shoulder, man. And I thought that that was huge. I do think that Phoenix is the favorite. They're currently also the favorite in Vegas, plus 275. So Vegas agrees with us on that one. Uh, let's move on to the 7-2 game. That's going to be Minnesota versus Memphis. How do you see this one playing out? like this because it's a lot of bad blood between those two teams over the course of the season. They had, they had some, a lot of chippiness in every game they played. Yep. Two young teams who I think are really going to have a, a say in the conference for years to come. You know, if their front offices can can hold together and are willing to spin. So, um, yeah, I would say I'm, I'm going to go with Memphis here. Uh, I'm going to go Memphis in six. Memphis in six. Maybe five, but I'm going to go Memphis in, in six. I'm going to give the, the the Timberwolves too, but I think it's Memphis's. I think the interesting thing here is that Memphis, like as as inexperienced as Minnesota is, Memphis is just as, if not more, inexperienced. So I think well, I, I, I'll say this: you know, Stephen Adams has played in, in deep playoff runs. Uh, yes. they made the playoffs last year. They were in the play-in in the bubble, you know, the year before that. So I think there's a little bit, a, a little bit more of an experience. Like I think playing in Utah for a series probably worked wonders for their development. Just understanding that, that atmosphere. That's Utah is one of the more hostile, you know, playoff atmosphere. So I think that that, you know, that experience is going to be good. That's a payoff piece. If Cat plays in the series like he did tonight, that series could be over in four games, for <laughs> sure. Because he had he was awful tonight, bro. Three for 11, 14 points. I mean, 11 points minus 14 in 20, 24 minutes because he was in foul trouble the entire game, dude. Yeah, just, yeah. Ugly I mean, stuff. You know, he got his brother playing out of the, the high post and, and the mid post and, you know, top of the key. But, you know, when you got guys 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, he's just got to go to the block. He's trying to create against, 
you know, much quicker wings weren't going to let him get in the van. I think that was Ty Lue, really good coaching move, understanding yeah. that, that he likes to face up and attack. So he put smaller, quicker guys so we can't be off the dribble. You just you just got to go to the block at that point. You know, people make fun of Shaq because, you know, the barbecue chicken and go beat him up inside. But that honestly was the answer tonight for cat struggles. You know, luckily, Ant and D'Lo had really big games. And they were able to overcome it. But, yeah, man, that's uh, he's got to just be better. Yeah, no, without a doubt, I agree with that. Do you think that John Morant missing, like, the last few weeks, do you think that plays any part in – like if Memphis does struggle a little bit because they don't have like the consistency with having him in that rotation. Well, they brought him back for a couple of games. He looked really good. The couple of games they brought it back before. I think it was like one or two games he played. He looks good. You know, they have really good continuity. Uh, that roster hasn't seen much change, especially in the perimeter yep. over the last couple of years. So I think they'll be fine. Yeah. That's, that's going to be interesting. Uh, interesting when I like, I like watching Memphis. I really like Desmond Bain, dude. He's so nice. Bain is tough. Bain is tough. He's dope. All right, let's move into this 3-6 matchup for your third favorite team, the Golden State Warriors, uh, facing the Denver Nuggets. Curry, questionable to play game one. We should see him in the series. They said he's been progressing as of today. What's your thoughts on this series right here? Uh, if, if Def's able to play by game two or three, uh, I think the Warriors in five. I think Jokic is going to have a monster series. They just don't have anybody for him. Uh, you can say what you want about Draymond, but Joker is just a bad. That's, that's a that's a bad dude, man. Uh, that's a bad. That's a, that's a bad dude. Um, <laughs> he's going to have monster a monster series. I just the Warriors just have too much around the rest of the roster for them. And just missing you know missing two max players. You just, just shows itself in the playoffs. So I'm, I'm going to say Warriors. Handle that kind of easy, but Joker, you know, steals one or one, uh, steals two if Steph can't go. It gets tricky when you, uh, you know, when you just don't have a superstar, you know, you have a better team, the other team has a superstar, it, it levels the playing field in, in the playoff stage where the game slows down. You know, they always have the best player. Curry struggled so, this year, though. Huh? Curry struggled this year, though. Yeah, but his presence alone just makes the game easier for everybody else. And that's probably what his was his biggest strength despite his struggles. He made the game so much easier for, for everybody else to, to get looks. That's so true. That that's where I think, you know, his value showed a lot this year. But yeah, man, if he doesn't play, uh, I'd say the Warriors still handling six. The the next round will be the issue if Curry's not hundred percent. But in the first round, they should be able to make it out. But you know, Joker, like I said, man, he's a that's a bad dude, man. He'll 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 mess around and extend that series if the uh, Warriors aren't careful. Yeah, uh, it's funny you mentioned Cat earlier about how he should have posted up. I feel like that's what Jokic is good at. Is like when he recognizes a smaller mismatch, like he'll take him in the post, or if he has a yeah. bigger dude on him, he'll take him outside. Like he's very, I mean, obviously he's a very high IQ player, but I agree. I I think the Warriors should win this series in six games. Um, with or without Curry, I think they just have too much. And obviously, Denver missing Murray and Porter kind of changes everything. So I, I like I like the Warriors in six here. Uh, what about Dallas and Utah? Dallas could be without uh, Luka. Yeah, I mean, it, it's just if Luka plays, I was going to pick Dallas in like five, just the way Utah was spiraling. Mm-hmm. But if Luka isn't there, uh, I think Utah in, in, Utah in six. Because, you know, I think Dallas is an excellent defensive team. That's, you know, shout out Jason Kidd for what he was able to, you know, they don't have a guy who I would, you know, you would consider or is known anyway around the league as a lockdown defender. 
and they really had just a great team defense. So that's kudos to Scheme and continuity. So Dorian Finney Smith, dude. Right. And yeah, he's yeah, he's been close as well. But I would just say, you know, if Luca plays, uh, I'm picking Dallas. If he doesn't, I'm picking Utah. I agree. He's, I think I think the way Dallas, the way Luca plays offense, you know, just annihilates what you the way Utah likes to defend. You know, Gobert plays a lot of drop. Luca can score at all three levels. Uh, he can pick you apart with the passing. I just think the way he plays really would have had Utah in the blender. So, yep. You know, but if he doesn't play, I'm going to go with Utah. No, I agree with you, and I think Utah relies so much on their on their three point shooting, and in the in the uh, playoffs, we've seen time and time again with them is that you know the, the things get tougher. Yeah, and they can't knock down those threes. And they struggle a lot, dude, and so. I don't like Utah on a playoff series, but if Luka doesn't play, I mean, dude, that's that's Dallas. You know, that's their team. I mean, Luka gets ruled out. Jazz Open is a four-and-a-half-point favorite. That tells you the value right. of Luka, you know what I mean? Cause right, right. It's crazy, bro. So, I'm, I'm with you, dude. If Luka plays, I think Dallas should win this series. If he doesn't play, I got Utah winning this series. So, it's going to be very important for Utah to get it two games in hand early on in this series and then go back home, you know what I mean? So, right. That's something to look out for there. Uh, let's move over to the Eastern Conference. So, Brooklyn, Boston. You said you like Boston in six. Milwaukee, Chicago. How do you see this one playing out? Uh, I you know, Chicago might keep one game close, but I think they're getting swept. This is the worst possible matchup that the the Bulls could have could have pulled, especially with the struggle with their injuries, just kind of wimping into the playoffs. It's just you know blindfold a cigarette, man. It's gonna be ugly. Yeah, I don't think. Man, the Bulls... I think the Bulls. The Bulls had a great year though, man. If they, if they didn't, I was really high on this team, and they were showing it. They were proving me right, and then just injury, 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 and just all fell apart. I mean, I think injuries have something to do with it, but I also think there was a there was a regression to the means that was gonna happen at some point. I mean, they were playing like incredible basketball the first month and a half. And I didn't know if that could sustain itself. I also didn't know DeMar DeRozan was going to come out and be a fucking MVP caliber player. I don't think anybody did. But he was insane. Insane this year, dude. Insane. Like, he was so good. MVP level. Top five. He has to finish top five in MVP voting. Right, right. Like, he has to. But I think the problem with Chicago, obviously, like, they're just undermatched. And this is the worst possible matchup because Chicago is not good in their front court and Giannis just eats them alive and he has for like the last five years. I don't think Chicago's even won a game in five years against the Milwaukee. I'll give them a game just because I think in the course of a playoff of seven game series, I think, you know, the Bucks could trip up a little bit. But at the same time, the Bucks are like they have that championship pedigree. We kind of seen it throughout the year where like there's moments where they they uh they, t- they flip the switch, and then they, like, kind of coast throughout games, dude. Like, they don't defend the three during the regular season, which I don't understand, dude. Like, they literally just let dudes shoot threes. Um, but Chicago's also one of the worst three-point shooting teams. Or they don't shoot that many threes, I should say. They're, they actually shoot efficiently from the three-point line. They just don't shoot a lot of threes, which I think bodes well for, for Milwaukee here. I mean, I'll, I'll say the Bucks in five just to be nice because I got friends that are Bulls fans. I think it's gonna be a sweep. <laughs> I mean, I hope you're right. I'm with I you. I think that. it's gonna be a sweep. 
All right, what about Philadelphia and Toronto? So, obviously, we've heard Matisse Steibel is not vaccinated. He cannot play games in Toronto. Philadelphia is already thin in their depth, Jason. What do you think about this one? This is my upset pick of the playoffs. Ooh, uh, Nick Nurse, beat, future beat Lakers coach. Embiid and Harden are going home in round one. And I think that Harden likes to hunt switches over the course of a game. But the Raptors, the Raptors play a bunch of switchable weeks. He's not going to be able to find him. Even that last game, I think it was a microcosm must have come. It was foreshadowing. His heart just was smothered, was not efficient. He was good playmaking-wise. But Danny Green was also five for six from three, which is unsustainable uh, game to game. In the playoffs. <laughs> <As> you know. <laughs> so I said, think if B does not average, you know, 35 to 40 points on a, on a very thin Raptors front line, I'll say it's thin, but he doesn't actually absolutely tear them apart to make up for – the you know struggle that James Harden is going to endure in these series, they won't win. So I'm going to pick Raptors and six. Yeah, I think this was uh well honestly I think there's a lot of bad matchups for the Sixers. I think they're a little overrated and I also don't think they're gonna get very, to the foul very. line as often as they did in the regular season, which I think is only going to compound their issues. And like I said, dude, they're very thin and not having Thibel for three of the possible seven games, like you're already taken away from your depth and you're taking away your best wing defender too. Right. So that's, you know, that's a, a, a guy who can't guard Siakam, right? A guy who can't guard Scotty Barnes. You know what I mean? So nope. I, I'm with you, dude. I like, I like Toronto upset pick. I'm with you. Six or seven games or five. What are you taking? I mean, six, I pick six, six. Yeah. I think, it, I think they close it out in Toronto game six. What do they call that place? Jurassic park. Jurassic park, man. All right, and then let's move to uh, the Heat versus either the Cleveland Cavs or the Charlotte Hornets or the Atlanta Hawks. I want to go Hornets. Uh, I just think whoever plays is going to steal one or two games because the Heat just struggle to score. And I think, you know, that will probably get them one game. So I think the Heat will win in five. Also, they'll be a, a much better team. Uh, but I'm going to pick Heat in five over whoever they play. I think the scary matchup for the Heat is Atlanta because Trey's going to be the best player in the series. So, you know, that's always gets, you know, gets a little scary over the course of the series. The best player usually tends to, usually tends to separate himself. Keep so, in mind, you know, too, P.J. Tucker is hurt. Hamstring right, injury. Bro. May miss yeah, the so. first round. Not that he's right. going to, like, put in points, but. Yeah, but right. So, I think he's going five, you know. Either way, maybe six if it's Atlanta, but I'm going to say five. Yeah, and no, I agree. I, th- I think Miami's just way too deep. I think the issue with Miami's roster, though, is that they have, like, a lot of specialists. So they have, like, you know, Duncan Robinson, who's a great three-point shooter, but he's not great defensively, doesn't really take anybody off the dribble. He's kind of like a one-trick pony. Tyler Hero, great offensively, good off the dribble, good in the pick and roll, but he's not good defensively. He kind of gets uh, picked apart on defense. Did you watch that? Did you watch that Bucks game against the Heat when the Bucks came back from down like four, 15 in the last three minutes? I saw parts of it. Like they were literally just every possession they were just switching on, getting a switch on Tyler Hero. And if it was Middleton, he was going after him. If it was Giannis, he was going after him. If it was Drew Holiday, they were just attacking Tyler Hero every possession. Like that's all they were doing. 
But the, yeah, and it's, and, it, and it's you know that's tough because Hero has to play. He's your lead score, and they can't. They struggle for offense, so he's going to play. So yeah, I was about to say, and they have to keep him on the floor because of what you just said. Like it's it's unfortunate, and I think that could be something in the long run. So who's your favorite to come out of the Western Conference? Uh, I am going to go, man. It's, I really think I have Phoenix a hair, a hair ahead of Memphis and Golden State. Like Phoenix is my pick, but I don't think Memphis and Golden State are that far behind in the series. But I'm going to go with Phoenix. I'm going Phoenix too. I think they're they are the best team. They've been there. They've done it. Um, but I'm with you. I think that, you know, Memphis could be an interesting matchup with them, dude. Because Memphis just, I don't know, dude. Like, it's like a 2K team that you don't think is going to be good. And they, <laughs> you, you just win it all. But, yeah, I got Phoenix, too. What about your Eastern Conference team? Uh, if Time Lord didn't get hurt, I would seriously consider. Oh, don't you do this to me. Celtics, but. I'm going to go with Milwaukee. I think, you know, they kind of just survived the regular season and tried to stay healthy. I think they have another level they're going to get to defensively, and I think they'll separate themselves from the pack. So I'm going to go with Milwaukee. For me, the interesting thing is, like, I think Boston and and uh, Boston and Brooklyn both have a good, good chance here. Both those teams scare me. They're both as good, if not better, than the Bucks, But the Bucks have Giannis, and that's kind of the outlier in all of this. We've seen what he can do now in a finals game, 50 points to close out a game six, and he's elevated his game, dude. He's knocking down mid-range jump shots at a higher percentage than Kyrie Irving over the course of a year. Right, yeah, I saw that. You know what I mean? Like, this is, this is special stuff now that we're seeing, and because of that, I got the Bucks coming out. Obviously, I'm a Bucks fan too, but y'all already know that. Either way, I'm I can't pick against the Bucks, even as a smart better. Last year, I had a I had the Brooklyn Nets winning the championship, and I was absolutely wrong, and I was glad to be proven wrong. But yeah, so we you got you got Milwaukee Phoenix. I got Milwaukee Phoenix, which means that it will not be Milwaukee Phoenix. It's gonna be like Memphis Boston probably. And then you could say you won too because, uh, you know, you had the Celtics as well. You, you like them a lot. Yeah, yeah. Like if Time Lord was there, I think that would have been like a, a war. I just think they have, I like Horford, man, but just over the course of a series, Giannis just throws him in the washing machine, man. That's true. That's true. I just hope Middleton can be consistent enough because he has not been good this year, dude. He's been, well, I shouldn't say he hasn't been good. He's been very up and down, dude. Like Chrissy, Chrissy Mids. Dude, we see, Mids. but I mean like the up and down this year has been crazy. Like it's been like the stock market the last year, like Chrissy one day it's Mids. up and it's all the way down. It's terrible. But thank you, Jason. I appreciate you for joining me for tonight. Um, definitely got to get you on again, man. I always love talking hoops with you. You can follow him on Twitter at JJ Maples 55 underscore MST. My guy's a great follow, a knowledgeable who paid a junior college basketball coach, and his team was a game away from the state championship. That's how good it, that's how good this dude knows hoops, man. Trust me. But thank you again, dude. Uh for Jason Maples. I'm Jordan Stacks on Stacks on Stacks. Lats, we will catch y'all later.